Hello, everybody. Today's episode of All Facts No Cap. We got my girl Katie Clark, dating coach, luxury matchmaker, back again for the first time. Katie, I really, really appreciate you coming back on again. Thank you for having me. We were just chatting about how I was enamored that I'm like round two in this. So I'm in. I'm in. All right, Katie, let's go ahead and hop into it. And this time around, I've even opened up the forum. I've had several friends, several viewers that have went and written in, given their opinions, some of the questions that they may have. So I'm going to go ahead and just start off just firing off some and we can go ahead and get the ball rolling. Is that cool? That's cool. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Okay. The first one is what inspired you to become a dating coach, luxury matchmaker, and how'd you get started in the profession? I feel like you kind of already answered that the first time around, but somebody wants to know, so let's go ahead and go again. I'll keep it short. So I was out there dating. I was a 33-year-old single mom dating for all these matchmakers, and all the matchmakers were 20. They had no idea what it was like to date as a divorced woman with child custody, situations like that, finances. Um, so when I was going on these dates with these matchmakers, I literally one day said, can I help you guys out? And the company that I'm with, that I've been with, um, I felt they were the most professional of all the companies I'd gone on a date with. And so with that being said, I started kind of, you know, working for them part-time, but then I realized during COVID I was, uh, selling, uh, clothing, but nobody was buying clothing during COVID. I thought, you know what? It's time to help people not only get a first date, but help them get a second date. Because as a matchmaker, I'll put you on a first date. But mm. can you even get the second date? And that yep. is the issue. It's like, what is going wrong with this? So that's kind of how it all came about. Okay. All right. So obviously, uh, you mentioned exactly how you got into this. Talk to me about some of the myths, some of the stereotypes, misconceptions that you often encounter within the dating coach life and go ahead and give your opinions on how you would debunk some of them. So here's a great one. It's Christmas Eve. I'm sitting next to my cousin. He's a couple years older than me and he hears I'm a matchmaker and he says, oh, and he's a police officer. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, you say you're a matchmaker. So a lot of people think we do we're high, we do high end call girl stuff. We don't. Do. Everything we do is above board. <laughs> and I like to say that if I was doing high end call girl stuff, I'd be driving a Maserati right now with my own <laughs> money. Um, but I don't want to be doing that because I actually love and care and and want people to have deep, great relationships. So uh, everything we do is above board. We're we're fully, I mean, people get my phone number, they can text me anytime. So that is really important. I think the second myth, and when people say matchmaker, and this really depends on your age, is people think Patty the millionaire matchmaker, which you're a little bit younger. Mm. So you, I don't know if you've heard about her. Um, And, you know, she was on 13 seasons of Bravo. She's coming back. She's got a big following base. But here's the irony is she's never been married. And, you know, she's in her 60s. She looks freaking amazing. But so sometimes it's like these matchmakers, these dating coaches, there's so many of them out there. And I mean, a lot of them are like 20. And I'm going, how do you know anything about anything when it comes to relationships? Because you haven't even been, there's no wisdom. When you yeah. haven't really done it, there's no wisdom. I've been a mom. I've been married. I've been divorced. I've obviously remarried. It's phenomenal. So I think I would always suggest to people, follow those who are actually doing it. You know, what do they say? Like those who can't teach, mm-hmm. right? Those who can't get married, teach. Those who can't do something, teach. Well, I can, I did, and I still mm-hmm. teach. I want success I like it. for people. So there you go. So I love that you said that. And here's my question to that. And it's almost kind of like, would you hire a personal trainer that's visibly overweight? Right. You know, it's kind of like the same type of concept. So here we go. Well, I mean, would you hire a hairdresser that has bad hair? I mean, I used to be a trainer. So I worked for Equinox. I was Shape Magazine, America's 50 hottest trainers. I was also a chef. Like I walked the walk. I talked the talk. I mean, I would ask my clients, what are you eating for lunch right now? Because I was on top of them because Mm -hmm. I wanted their success because I was successful and I was happy to share that with people. I mean, I have a course coming up called Getting to Taken. Like my little necklace here, it says Taken. Mm. And my my husband, who we were dating for many years, he gave this to me one time and I love it. It's like every woman, I don't care what they say, wants to be taken. If she wants to be in a relationship, she wants to be taken by a man. She wants to know that he is all in. Like, like if you want to play around, I guess, but deep down, 
I, I really think if women get deep down with the truth of what they want, they want to be taken. They want a man who is, I'm choosing her, I'm in. And so with this, I mean, even on my wedding day, I had a jean jacket that said taken on it. And I always say he finally put a ring on it. It took a while. Um, and part of it was because of kids for our situation. Yeah. But uh, he smartened up. He, you know, he he <laughs> made the move. He made the move. So even just in friendships, sitting up at the bar, the lounge or the library and confiding in a friend, a, uh, a co-worker, just an acquaintance about your situation, about your relationship, maybe looking for advice, guidance, whatever. So we're both in agreement, like you just said. Look for somebody who's walked the walk. So right. can somebody who's single, never been married, never even really had like a lengthy or fruitful relationship in their past. Can they, are they capable of being able to still give good advice? That's a great question. Um, I would vet that very well. I would filter that from, from the source, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you, you want to, if you're single, you want to surround yourself with happy married people. Like I have a couple of friends, they're so happy. And I'm like, that's it. That's what I want to be around. That's what I want to be. Um, they were in my wedding. They were part of every shebang I had. It was so great. And they, they're just so encouraging. Um, you, you do need to be mindful. I mean, parents give bad advice. I mean, it's decades, almost a century old, um, uh, married people who are unhappy give terrible advice. I, okay, here's some really bad advice I, I just saw on Instagram. Instagram gives terrible advice. <laughs> so I'm watching this guy. Everybody loves him. He gets 42,000 likes on this. Now tell me what you think of this. He says, ladies, I want you to stop opening the door and pulling out your own chair. He says, I want you to stand there. And then he actually proceeds to have an Instagram reel where his wife is laying on the ground on the grass in front of the car because she wants him to open the car door. So he is promoting this idea that women should just like stand there and just be entitled to a man pulling out their chair. Now, here's my thought. Like, first off, that's just, there's nothing gracious about that. There's nothing feminine about that. That's just, that's like biatch, like biatch, um, like behavior. You, you don't behave like that as an adult. That's very childish. Uh -huh. It's demanding. It's not feminine. And if you want a man to pull out your chair, this is what you say. You say, hey, baby, I love it when you pull out my chair. Would you mind doing yeah. that for me? Yeah, encouraging. Like, that's what you do. And this guy, he got 42,000 likes on it. Because you know what? There's there's cranky, bitter women who are like, that's right. These men got to do this. And these men got to do that. And it's like, really, girl? Like, you, for what? Because I wouldn't do that for you. And I'm your friend. Like, it blows. Like, what are your thoughts to this kind of teaching that I'm seeing on Instagram? Oh, wow. What are my thoughts? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, I think. What that, would you do if she stood there and was like, ah, my chair, my door? Uh, because of the delivery, I would probably mm. be a little put off. Right. But I put it, I think of it like this. My sister, my mom, if I had a daughter, I would want them to be with the man that opened the car door open doors right. for them, always pulled out their chair whenever they're going out to have a, a gracious meal and things like that. So I would be put off by the delivery, but the ideology of it, of wanting to feel like a lady, being treated like a lady, chivalry, all of that, because right. chivalry isn't dead, even though a lot of no. people think it is. Because of the delivery, I would probably, I would be put off a little bit, but I understand the ideology. Like I even know of women that are very, very, they're very sticklers. They're sticklers for this, where if they're walking down the street with a man, he's supposed to walk on the outside, you know, closest right. to the street. And then he, she walks on the, exactly. So mm -hmm. I get all that. I understand all that completely and I respect it and I appreciate it. I think that what you're saying about that message that he's sending, it's more about, the the message of, or the delivery of the message right. putting somebody off simply because right. now it's coming off like it's a demand it's coming off condescending Correct. it's coming off like you're Correct. talking down to me like i'm beneath you like i'm inferior something like that so 
uh, that would probably be my answer to it. The delivery is what's off-putting, but the ideology, I get it. I would, uh, I, I would preach that to my sister, my mom, uh, my my niece, cousin. I'm a huge believer. I'm, I'm super old school. So my thing is old school standards, new school style. So I, my man walks on the outside. I mean, we'll cross the street. He'll rearrange. He rearranges. Um, I taught my boys. I called my boys. They were GITs, gentlemen in training. My boys would beat me to the door. You don't just get to the door. You beat your mom to the door. When when I would come home, I'd honk. They would be in the garage waiting to get the bags out for me. Not so a- I believe in that old school mentality. But ladies, I feel like this new era of women are just so entitled. And they, they're they pushing it with the wrong energy where really, if we just come with our sweetness, our femininity, like we don't have to be boss babe boardroom bitches. You know, we just come with like, hey, baby, I just love it when you do this. He'll do it more often. And so yeah. standing there being repugnant is just not pretty. You know, I've, I've seen it with clients. I've seen it with the women they've gone out with. And I was like, oh, that is not a win. That's not a win for anybody. So... Is it healthy? Is it productive? Is it a positive that a single man or a single woman that wants to be in a relationship is aspiring to be in a relationship, desires being in a relationship? Is that a a bad thing for them to for their group of friends or their friend circle to be predominantly single? Yes. I think I think you just it doesn't matter who your friend group is. What matters is the message you are giving out when you're going out. So if you have a lot of married friends, look, married friends, know singles. You've got to start. It, it depends on your focus. Like, you know, people say I want to be in a relationship, but they actually don't. They really don't want to put the effort in. But I I'm going to I'm going to say this. If you're serious about being in a firm fledged relationship whether it's marriage for some people, whether it's just, you know, cohabitating, whatever it is, you will do the work to make it happen, which means a little bit more sales and marketing. You will start dating more. You will start telling people you'll, you'll think differently. As a matter of fact, because I'm doing this course on getting to take in, I'm trying to get women to think different. So I go out with my girlfriends that are single and I'm married, so I'm good, but we go to the same bars there's no men. They're always like sad. There's the energy's weird because <laughs> they're trying to find a man. And I'm like, girl, let's just go out because of us, you know, but uh-huh. I'm single. You're not, you don't understand. And so the energy's bad. And there's a bunch of 30 year old girls. It's like, and then, you know, everyone's complaining, like, I can't compete with that. You know, I hang out with 50 year olds, which we can, to be honest, nowadays we can. And some of these 30, 20 year old girls, they got nothing on us, but um, the point of that story is letting your circle know that you're single, you're, you're going to, you're going to make a statement and try to find that person. So I went to Chipotle the other day on a Monday at lunchtime. I counted 24 men in there. 24 men were in Chipotle and two women. One was me. So ladies have to start thinking differently. Like, and then it's interesting because on my Instagram, you know, a friend of mine was like, yeah, but there's no rich guys that go to Chipotle. And, and when I say rich, I mean, men that are financially sound, yeah. you know, women are looking for that. Let's be honest, protectors, providers, um, and some of women have their own money. So they want to find a mutual equal. <laughs> but here's the thing is you never know who's at Chipotle. My man yeah. makes amazing money and he eats at Chipotle all the time. And so on a Monday at lunch, ladies, get your butt to Chipotle. You never and go by yourself. Don't go with friends. Don't go with a girlfriend. You've got to start thinking and acting different. You got to tell people you're you're hungry to meet people. You've got to be friendly. You got to get your face out of your phone. You know, I have a lot of DMs on, you know, well, Katie, these guys have their phones in front of their face. So how am I supposed to meet them? And I'm like, well, you have your phone in front of your face, too. So you know, start smiling, you know, be, be friendly. I mean, I'm super friendly, which sometimes can be mistaken as I'm interested in you, which I'm not, I'm just friendly, <laughs> but really work at that. I think people need to start working at that. There's singles everywhere. So whether it's your friend group, uh, your, your, uh, couples group, I mean, your church, your parents, I mean, just tell everybody. And, and that's a great way to meet people. I like that. And just to go ahead and, and and piggyback on what you were just saying about your husband and what the lady said about the type of men that go at Chipotle. You know, Katie, how do I? You know, I've done I uh, many times in my life for the past two decades going on. Right. And 
I can tell you this. As soon as we get done with this this episode, I'm going to get on DoorDash and I'm going to order me some Chipotle. And that's only right. because I don't feel like driving to Chipotle tonight. But otherwise, I would go pick it up. So uh, right. for, for the lady that said that, <laughs> I mean, you don't know who's up in that Chipotle. Right. And that's women judge so quickly. And when I worked in retail, I worked at a high end store and you never knew you'd have these ladies coming in looking sloppy and they'd spend five thousand dollars. You just never know. Mm -hmm. You never know who's the most generous. You You, You never know. So never judge so quick. The ladies are quick to do that. They're checking him up and down. Is he marriage? Is he wearing this? Is he? It's like, stop. You know, and he's driving a truck. Yeah, well, what you don't know, he's got a Maserati back home. So it's it's kind of a sad state where everything is superficial to start. It, it can't be. And and I would love it if women would pick up men more. So I'm a firm believer to have like a one line. Um, now, I have a question. When you're out and about, do you have like a one line, like a one liner that you say to women? You know, back when I was younger. <laughs> you are young. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, back like when I was like, you know, on the prowl and things like that, I'm not on the prowl or anything like that these days. You know, I can say back when I was younger and stupid and ignorant and didn't know any better, I would always try to say something fly or something slick, but it just never came out right because that's just that's just not me. That's not my energy. That's not my my style, whatever. What I simply just do is. I would just simply say hello. And I remember like I would have guy friends that would ask me, Stan, what you be saying to women and this, that, and the third. I'd be like, bro, how about you just say hello? She'll say hello back. You introduce yourself. She'll then say whatever her name is. If something pops into your head, oh, wow. Okay. That's an interesting name. So are you from America? Are you from this city? (laughs) You from this state? Whatever. And then you just simply let the conversation go from there. Like I never, I never excelled at, at having witty pickup lines. I never excelled at that. I never did. It always came out weird. I felt weird. It came out choppy. It didn't flow. So, uh, so, so to your question, I just would start off with hello and then let whatever happens from there. Just, uh, just, just let that be uh, the flow. So I think most people don't quite even have the confidence to say hello. Hello's a, a rough one. Cause it's, it's not a <laughs> statement. It's not a question. It's just like a it's a greeting. And so they don't know where that's going to go, but here's my one liner. Now everybody get ready, write this down, get ready to write this down. I'm going to write this down. (laughs) We were at Chaconis in Beverly Hills. It was a group of single moms. We were in our thirties and this good looking guy walks by behind us to the bathroom. And he was with a group of guys on the other side. So nobody knows the storyline, right? He walks back from the bathroom and he says to all of us, he goes, so what brings you ladies out tonight? What a great starter question. Yes, that is. That's a great one. Because then we have the space to say, well, I'm married, but she's Uh single and she needed a night out. Exactly. Smart. And then you go with that. And so ladies, if you're out, if you walked up to a group of guys and men would love this, if ladies would do it, like, so it brings you guys out tonight. If you're at Starbucks, so what drink are you going to get? Hey, I need your help. What's better? You know, and even at Chipotle, I'm like, is the burrito or the bowl better? You know, why does your burrito look yeah. better than mine? Like I can think of these, these, these little quick quirky things. But the one line that everybody needs to know is what brings you out tonight? And sure, you might be at a concert and they could say, well, I'm out. I'm out for the concert. But you say, well, what do you love about the concert? And here's going back a little bit. I remember I was in New York. Um, so I was on the next Food Network star. I was on season seven. So I had a season of my life where I was a chef and a trainer. And I was there for the audition, which I made the show. I was on a season. And um, I'm in New York. I'm newly single. I'm out and about with all these Food Network people. But I didn't really want to hang out with them. I wanted to. There was these two guys there. And it was a fleet week. So there were sailors, they were cute, they were young. And I was like, I'm gonna practice. I'm gonna go over and talk to these guys. I remember it took me 30 minutes to get the gusto to go do it. And the guy that I thought was really cute was a total dick. He was not friendly, but the other guy was was not as cute, but he was he had such a great personality. He's now married and he has kids. Um, but I just remember thinking, like, wow. The guy that I thought was so cute turned out to be the total jerk. And the yeah. other guy was like somebody I would have dated. Right. So we have to keep that in mind and you have to come with some sort of confidence. I mean, my thing is 
get confident, be successful and have fun dating. So if you're not confident, I have confident courses for men. I have my seven steps to sexy for women. Like when I came out of my divorce, I was a frumpy missionary wife. Like I was a missionary. I was for seven years. I lived in China. <laughs> like, wow. Like, you don't dress up in China. And so mm-hmm. I, I had to like find my zhuzh. I had to find my sexy. I had to be okay with being sexy. Like, oh my gosh. Um, so there's a space sometimes, a season in our life where we might have to kind of work on those little things to get better at dating to meet the right person. So when you talk about working on those little things to get better at, to date the right person in your, in your business, in your line of work, talk to me, are there specific qualities or characteristics that you look for in these singles for being able to match them up with the right proper uh, partner, the right match or or whatever you want to call it. Yes. So when I just dating, I always say out of the hundred percent of people dating, 80% are junk. Okay. Mm. And if you already know that going into <laughs> dating and some people are like, Katie, you're being too nice. And the, tw- the rest are called the 20 percenters. And I literally mm-hmm. call my followers the 20%. Now, ironically, if you divide that in half, 10% are women and 10% are males. So that's even lesser of a grouping. Yep. Um, So the 80%, the reason they're junk is because they don't have the time. They don't have the finances. They haven't done their inner work, their emotional work. They're boring people. Like they're just, they're just 80%ers. Like they work at gas stations, like not to be mean, but they just don't have things going for them. So my 20%ers are what I say are cool quality and ready. So when I say that they're cool, they do cool things. Like they've, they're well-traveled, they're interesting people, they're trying new things, whether it's cooking, uh, pickleball. I mean, they're just curious people and I'm a curious bird. So I'm always like, ooh, like I love it when I get to a new city, I like put my Apple maps on and I'm like, oh, ooh, I gotta put this here. I gotta put this here. Like I'm always like, oh, what's down this alley? I mean, uh-huh. My husband's always like, Katie, why do we have to walk down there? I'm like, I saw a pretty flower bed, like whatever it is. And so these people are just, they've done really cool things in their life. And so that's a win. I mean, everybody's looking for cool people. And then number two, their quality. So they're people with ethics and standards and they know the core values and they've done the inner work, which is, you know, the EQ, you know, what do they call that? The emotional quotient, Mm -hmm. the EI, emotional intelligence, um, the inner child. I mean, I've done all that. I've gone through that. I have a great counselor. She walks me through some stuff. And those are the people who they want to meet each other because they've done the depth of that work. And then they're just ready. They're actually serious. They're not here to play. They're good communicators. They're not going to drag you along. I have my three, three, three rule, three dates, three weeks, three months. At each time, one of my, my 20 percenters, my quality people will, will make it clear. I want to pursue you or I don't think this is a good fit. Like, let's just be, let's just be kind to other people's time. Yeah. You can never get back time. So like, don't waste my time. I mean, how many women are dating guys for years who never marry them? You know, I mean, it's like, girl, did you miss the writing on the wall? He never wanted to marry you, but he didn't have the balls to tell you. So like he's an 80 percenter in my mind, you know, mm, there's so yeah. much that you just said that I can unpack on that. Uh, <laughs> going on what you said about finances. And this is a question that I'm not sure if, who who who, who uh, wrote this in the comments. And I'll just go ahead, just throw it out to you. You can answer it however you want to. Is she a gold digger? For a, a woman who a woman who is looking for a man of a certain salary, a certain right. a certain financial stature, let's just go ahead and say that. Right. Is she a gold digger or does she just want stability? Right. So I just started my podcast on that. And I it's so funny. I wrote all my notes and then I had to rewrite them because there's so much to unpack yep. on. Is mm-hmm. she a gold digger or is she a really a woman of, or is she not a gold digger? Right. I mean, let's be honest, the gold diggers, I feel like you're a man. Can't you, can't you see it from a mile away? I mean, these girls and, barely work and they have like red bottoms and, and they've got fancy purses. I mean, come on. <laughs> okay, like, now, are these guys so clueless? For one, I can, I okay, Katie, I'll go ahead and let, let's go ahead and open it. Um, a lot of men are kind of clueless. And, the, and I say this because through experiences, listening to stories, having talks with men, even some of my experiences where 
they're led to believe that the female is able to afford said red bottoms or whatever, you know, through whatever job she says she has. And like you just said, you know, she really didn't have a good job. Her finances are low, whatever, all of that. And so where a lot of guys struggle is they are led to believe that everything that a female says is always the truth. I always am of of the mindset, like my mom always taught me, anybody is capable of lying. Anybody can open up their mouth, let words come out. It does not mean they're true. So that's something. People earn your trust. Yes. People earn your trust. Exactly. Never never trust them. They earn it. Correct. And so so my, my question to you would be, obviously, Within this matchmaking industry, you look for who looks like they're a good fit, the matching the characteristics, the qualities, like right. you said, the 80 percenter, the 20 percenter, all of that. And throughout the algorithm, throughout all the calculations, and even just for us humans, you know, we we're looking for somebody that has this, this and this. But how important is the chemistry versus the spark in those instances because of this right here? Okay, so ha- chemistry and chemistry and spark are a whole different storyline. Exactly. Like oh no, uh, no, I know they are. Yeah. I know they. And trust me, we we yeah. we gonna get to that topic next. <laughs> right. And so for me, and I've even had homegirls that have confided in me on this very topic, where they have literally been like, "Stan, I got this guy. He checks all the boxes on my checklist. You know, good job, tall, good looking, this everything." But then they'll have a guy who may not make as much and he may not be as tall and he may not have all of the boxes checked on the proverbial checklist. Right. But she's like, Stan, it's just something about him. I'm drawn to him whenever I'm around him. I feel like we both just lose track of time because we lose ourselves in each other. And yeah, no, no, you, you lost me there. That's Okay, I'm a believer relationships are 80% practical, 20% romantic. Keep your head on straight, ladies. Like, this isn't romance living. This is shit hits the fan. You're going to fight. You're going to have to work through things. You want a good communicator. It's practical. You have got to get smarter. This whole living in la-la land and uh, whatever you just said, I can't. I just can't. It just drives me insane. It's, it's not right. And it's not the way that you find a partner in life. Like I was thinking about this, my, my husband and I, we dated for many years and it was fun. It was our first couple of years were fun. Like everything we did was fun. There was like, not a lot. I mean, there was skin in the game, but it was like, if we wanted to leave, we could leave. We had a few mm-hmm. breakups. Um, but then it turned it more into a partnership. Like, and we did a long distance relationship. So we were back and forth, Dallas, LA. Uh-huh. And, you know, and there's a partnership, there's a little bit more vested, but now we're co-owner, co-owners in our relationship. I see what you mean. We co-own this. It's a different, it's different than partners. Partners are like, yeah, we work together, but now this is like, okay, now we're embedded. We're both building. You're, we're, you're it's, intertwined. It's such, a, it's such a great feeling. And you have to do that with somebody that you get along with. <laughs> Like not just you like live in la la land with, I mean, come on. So that's, it's crazy, but let's go back to the gold digger question and spark mm-hmm. and chemistry. That's another question, but gold diggers. So I just started writing out my podcast on this. And here's the thing. I would think that it's quite easy to see a gold digger and they're usually beautiful because, because you're pretty, you get wealthy men who can help you do the upkeep and mm-hmm. have the pretty clothes and live the lifestyle. But here's where, you know, this is where it really hits is when he loses his money and she gets overweight. Are you really still going to be there for each other? So that's how, you know, it's not a true relationship, but look, I'm, I'm fine with it being mutually beneficial. Sometimes there are situations and I've had, I've had a few and I could on one hand where it was just for fun. They just wanted the pretty girls and the pretty girls wanted other things too. They wanted Mm -hmm. nice trips and it's not my favorite client, but they're out there. And these women are okay with that as well. I mean, shallow people deserve each other and they're fine with it. <laughs> I like it. Win, win, you know, yeah. uh, most of my clients for the fees that they're paying, they want like quality and they want a deep Absolutely. relationship. But, but here's the other thing too. I think so often you'll hear guys, especially at that younger age say, well, if she doesn't offer to pay a meal, she's a gold digger. That's like, that's ridiculous. I'm old school. I would, I wouldn't even offer to pay a meal. I would on a first date, 
I'm not even going to offer. I, as, as a matter of fact, I teach women don't even offer. Like these men should be assuming they're paying for the first date. Yeah, they should. So, you know, I, I was, I just Googled like, what is a gold digger? And it says like, if she doesn't offer to pay for a date, it's like, are you kidding me? And a lot of these women, you just have to assess if they're divorced. I mean, some women do really well in the divorce. Like, like they're living large, but I wasn't. And so I can only talk from my story is that I got 300 bucks a month for three kids. That's it. I got living in Southern California. That is not helpful in any way. And I was fine with that. I wasn't going to fight. I, you know, I could go work. I went to college. I have two degrees. Um, but I knew that I was never going to spend money on a man. I would only spend money on my children and my bills. So at the end of the day, all my bills were paid. I have zero debt. Uh, my car is paid off. My father helped me pay off my house. We worked together on that. Um, and so that's a win. Like if you're dating a woman with deep credit card debt, you have to ask yourself, like, would she be with me for my money? No, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I would never recommend to a man to be with a woman who is in deep credit card debt because she keeps buying things. Like these women need to learn self-control because it's very attractive to the man who has money. And I mean, my my man puts me on a budget. We talk about finances. He's like, it's not endless, Katie. Like I make good money, but it's not endless. We invest in it. You want to meet a woman who talks about investments, like what she's doing with her money, um, you know, how she's spending it with her kids. Again, I was in that stage where my kids and I would travel a lot. We would we do a lot of road trips. I paid all my own bills by myself. But look, I'm not staying at the Four Seasons on my own money, and I'm not going to help a guy. That's the honest truth. But what I love, here's the, here's the kicker, is what I love about a man who makes good money is that he's a hustler. He's creative. He's hardworking. And I am the same. I just don't make the same number. But just because I don't make the same number doesn't mean I'm not a hustler and I'm yeah, not of that it. same equal, right? So, and 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 look, at the end of the day, I was raising amazing kids. I have three amazing kids. And if, if, you, if a man didn't think that was valuable, the very first guy I dated, and I have a podcast called The Old Guy, and he was 20 years older than me, The Rich Guy and The Nice Guy. And in mm. that podcast, I talk about how when I dated The Old Guy, he he really valued that I loved my three kids and that I put them first. And even yeah. though I didn't make a lot of money, I worked retail. I worked from nine to three so I could pick up my kids. He cared about that more than how much I made. And a good man cares about your your heart and your heart's purpose, more, not your paycheck. So some of these women come to the table like, Katie, I make so much money. And I'm like, mm, yeah, but men don't... A good man who makes good money doesn't really care that that's what you're bringing to the table. He cares that you have a passion and that you bring other things to the table. Are you nurturing? Will you make him dinner? Will you run his errands? Like that there's no payment in that, but, but good men love that. So that's how I see it. I mean, the gold digger is she's expectant. She doesn't say please. And thank you. She's unappreciative. She, her Instagram will tell you she's in private jets and you're like, mm. it's, you know, she's a dental hygienist and she's in private jets all the time. I and mean, she's beautiful. Yeah. She's beautiful. I get it. Um, you know, so so it is what it is. And, you know, talk about your finances. Again, my 333 rule, three weeks or three dates, three weeks, three months. If you're serious with someone by three months, you should be talking about this. Like it should not go beyond that. Like, hey, what's your financial situation? Talk to mm-hmm. me. I care about you. I care about our life together. I'm looking forward to going forward with you. Like, talk to me. But I did just have a client and he bought boobs, you know, he bought this girl that he was dating some boobs about six months in, you know, and then about 10 months, she's playing the whole, like, I don't know if you're the one, I don't know. Even though she was saying, I want to have your babies. I don't know. So <laughs> don't buy boobs right away. Like make her wait, <laughs> <for boobs. laughs> like make her actually yeah. think like she has to like stay in a relationship for that. Here's one more thing too, is um, prenups. What do you think of prenups? Oh man. <laughs> Your turn to talk. I was I was always taught. I was always taught by my parents. And this is, you know, especially like, you know, I got drafted when I was 21 years old. Um, and, uh, and like I said, I remember at the time I had uh, I just started dating my best friend at the time. We we're pretty we we're best friends in, in college, uh, got together and a woman I really, really cared deeply about. She was like my best friend. She was everything. And I remember, you know, my mom would start having talks with me about that. And so I, I can tell you me, obviously I'm not married. 
Um, but that is something that I strongly, I, that's something that I strongly would look into something I strongly would agree with as far as a prenup, obviously, Absolutely. obviously, um, I do believe that the prenup needs to be beneficial for both parties. It can't just be one-sided either way, but, uh, prenup. Yeah. That's something that, uh, that I'm definitely an advocate for. And if I was to go, obviously, I don't even know her, but like if let's say I was to go and marry Oprah Winfrey and she wanted me to sign a prenup, wouldn't have any problem with it at all because right. I mean, I don't deserve any of her wealth. Right. She got all right. of that without me. So, Absolutely. So, yeah. So, uh, so I definitely, uh, I'm an advocate for prenups. Obviously, uh, that's something my mom put me on a long time ago. But mm-hmm. as crazy as it is, my mom told me, she said, Stan. She said, whenever you decide to get married, get a prenup. And conversely, she told me that if she was about to marry a man, assuming, you know, she would have never met married my father. But hypothetically, if she was about to marry a man and he came to her with a prenuptial request or or or, or proposal, she wouldn't sign a prenup. <laughs> what? Come on, mama. I, I was going to say, I love your mom, but like, that's a little questionable. Yeah. <laughs> So I signed a prenup with my man. Like I own my own house. It's, it's small compared to what he owns. I mean, he, but he's worked 60 hours for decades and decades and sold, uh, sold his company. I mean, what he's put in to his life is his. And I do believe that as a woman, if you truly love your man, like I, I literally signed a prenup where I get zero. If I leave, if I leave, I get zero from before and during I get zero. First off, the goal is that I'm not leaving, that we have mm-hmm. a great marriage. Absolutely. And second off is that I'm not in it for that anyway. I'm not calculating. And these women calculate now. And they have friends yeah. who've done it. They have lawyers in their ear. So these women are smart and they're knocking guys up and they're having their babies because they know he has money. It's just sick. But if a woman can't sign a prenup, you have to question, like, does she love me for me? Absolutely. No. My man says, baby, you will be so well taken care of during our marriage. And when I die and you're still married to me, I've got you. Mm-hmm. So that's what a good man says. Even but a woman death, who's stingy and, and like has a little bit of a shaky heart towards her man will say, well, I need this and I need that. Now, if he cheats on me, I do get money. That's if he cheats and he decides to leave. Yeah. If he's now, the again, one that messes things up. Right. But the goal is none of that. The goal is a great, fantastic, godly marriage. And that's where we're going to. But I did sign a prenup and I was like, that's fine. Like, I I don't need to take any of your money. Like, and here's my theory. And this is something I always teach women to say that with or without you, I'll be fine. So when you're confident enough in your own life, and, and I always would say this to my, and I've dated men that are uber wealthy, hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, I would say your money doesn't keep me. Your money doesn't keep me. And it never did. Obviously, you know, private jets and ocean houses, who cares? Because when you're in those houses and you're empty and you're in that plane and you're cranky and he's he's on his phone all the time and you're like, mm, is he like looking at things? What, what kind of life is that? It's just, mm-hmm. it's not worth it. So I'm going to do a podcast on why dating rich men has its negatives. Like all Ooh. these ladies want to date rich men. I want to hear that. You know, it's, it's, there's, you got to be ready for it, man. It's a mind battle and it is, it's a rough life. Like it's, it, my man makes good money, but we're, we're very, you know, tight with it and smart with it. And we're not, he's not bougie. Like he would love to buy a G wagon and he could, but he's like, no, I'm not gonna, you know, like we don't need it. We don't need it. So, you know, now that you, that you, that you say that, like so many different comments and questions come to mind. So, I know of women that they want a man that has a certain dollar amount. He works a certain, a certain type of job, makes a certain type of salary. So is that gold digger or is that just simply having standards? And this is a two part question. And how much of a man's occupation should be figured into the equation with the quotient that comes out as far as who you choose to date, who you choose to marry. Okay. So dollar amount. And then we're going to talk about his exact job, right? Okay. So here's the only time I find when I'm calling women for my clients on behalf of them to set them up on dates, when women make a lot of money. So let's say I've I've called a woman and she's 37. She's like, well, I make 400,000. He has to make at least that or more. 
And that is understandable because it'd be yeah. hard physically and just there's that energy, the dynamic true. of I Very make true. more than him. Very true. Um, you know, and I remember too, this girl said, I make 400,000. I said, well, he makes 250 right now, but he's moving up. And she's like, nope, won't date him. I understand that. But she's also 37 and single. Good luck, sweetheart. So. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. Women do have timelines and I've, I've seen some Instagram, you know, Instagrammers who are like out there saying, ladies, you have timelines and oh, no, I don't. Yeah, you do. You have a timeline. So be very mindful of that. It's going to get harder. Um, so when you have that equitable, you know, you have that net worth, I understand that you do need to find that equal equation for the energy and the sexual energy and the, you know, leadership part. Um, when other women are doing that, and I get that all the time, like I, I will call a lady and say, Hey, my client, he's single. He, you know, he'd love to meet you. And she's like, well, what does he do for a living? I'm like, he's in finance. I always keep it general. And I would recommend that men do the same. Like never tell her exactly what you do. Cause she will like Google and yeah. she will, you, I mean, it's crazy what these women do and it's not their business. And it's not my business to tell them exactly what these men do. And I don't really care what these guys do because if they can afford me, they make money. Like, <laughs> like if I'm calling you to go on a date with my client, be quiet. Yeah. Now here's mm-hmm. what they're really saying though, is does he have a private jet? <laughs> And so I will say that I will reference to these women. Well, he doesn't have a private jet, but he makes great money because he's, you know, afforded our services. And, you know, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Would you like to go on a date with him? She's like, well, and here's my other thing is when they do that, I actually always tell my clients, I go, by the way, I had a chat with Vanessa and Vanessa was like, oh, she wanted to know what you did. And if you had a private jet and I don't like her. I will literally tell my clients, I don't like her, you know, mm-hmm. and, but my clients will say, well, she's pretty. I want to go out with her. I'm like, okay, fine, fine. But, but I've also seen it where they will do, um, you know, they'll ask about what he does and then, and then they'll tell me where they want to go eat. And they're like, I only will eat at Mastro's Steakhouse. And I'm like, okay, like to be that bossy to me that you only eat. And here's a great story. I have a client good guy. He, he, people think he's a love bomber, but he just knows what he wants. And so he's generous. And that was my one thing I was going to say. Let me just caveat here. Mm-hmm. You want a man who's generous. I don't care what the number is. I don't care how much he makes. I, I've dated guys that make way more money, not even close to as generous as my man right now. Generosity looks different. And it's not about a number. It's about a thoughtfulness. True. Very true. And that is what you want. You want someone who cares like, Okay, my man bought me bought me my favorite vacuum cleaner ever. Like I didn't ask for it, but he's like, "Babe, this vacuum cleaner it's amazing. You need one." Okay, that's thoughtful. He got me an EcoBee. He got me some crazy stuff that I, you know, it wasn't like red bottoms. He bought me those too, but but he bought me things that made my life better. And that's what generous men do. They're thoughtful and they're generous. But let me go back to the story. So I have a okay. client. He lives in Scottsdale. I call this woman. She's vegan. She's vegan. Okay. Not vegetarian, but vegan. Mm-hmm. She I is know. like, yeah, I only eat at Mastro's. And I'm thinking, what girl, you only eat at Mastro's? She's like, yeah, we have to go to Mastro's. And I said, well, I can only get Thursday night because everything else is taken. She's like, oh, fine. I'm like, sorry. And then all this in Mastro's big steakhouse, she shows up on the date wearing a leather skirt. Okay. Leather skirt says the vegan. She knows everybody at Mastro's. My client is telling me the story. She knows everybody at Mastro's. She eats French fries and proceeds to get drunk off French fries because she's a vegan, which is uh, who knows if that's even vegan. I I mean, it was just like when women tell me that they only eat at Mastro's for a first date, I'm like, I don't like you. Like, I'll be like, oh, well, that's that's not really like what I would suggest. I I don't know. I just, what do women tell you where they want to eat? Like, do women tell these men, I only eat here? I mean, what's, what's going on out there? Uh, man, I, I, I can't really remember the last time, uh, somebody told me that, but if somebody did, I de- that would definitely be a turnoff just because turn it just comes off bossy and it comes off like you're more worried about where we're going than who right. you're going with, right. you know? Um, so that definitely, I, I, that, that would turn me off as well. Just in the same thing for a man, like, you know, it should be more about who you're going with and less about where you're going. If you're really trying to get to know that person, but I trust me, I've heard of situations and encounters where the woman 
only wants to go to a certain place or she only wants to go to this concert. She only wants to sit in these types of seats and she wants the private jet. So I've definitely heard it all, but yeah, right. for me, that would definitely be that. that. That would be very off-putting because it just comes off like you have a certain quota, like you have a certain checklist of, okay, a man needs to do A, B, C, X, Y, Z. Yeah. Otherwise, that means he either A, doesn't care about me, B, isn't wealthy enough, and C, I just can't deal with that, and I'm just going to go ahead and be single. It sounds exhausting is what it sounds like. These women are exhausting. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, you're exhausting. So, <laughs> so let's go to the next question you talked about, like the exact job that women yeah. want men to mm-hmm. have. Everybody is looking for perks. Everybody wants a partner with perks and it goes both sides. I'd be curious what you think perks are that men look for in women, but women look for perks and guys. So whether that's the fancy dinners, the galas, the, you know, the, the trips for work. Um, I mean, who doesn't want a perk, right? So true, I think true. it's okay. And I think people kind of know where they're most comfortable. Like I couldn't date a guy who does, you know, tattoo artists make a ton of money. Dock workers make a ton of money. Like there's definitely jobs out there that we, you know, don't perceive as, is highly financial. Yeah, don't glamorize. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like that's not quite my crowd. So I think it's okay to understand your crowd where you're most comfortable. Like even I had an NFL, he didn't, he wasn't a player, but he worked for one of the NFL teams. He's, he currently works for a team. And like, I need a woman who is comfortable in the football world. Like she needs to be ready to go to games and participate in these functions. So I think it's okay if you have an idea and again, like open the idea a little bit of the kind of guy that you think you'd fit in with venture capitalist, you know, sports. Um, maybe it is a dock worker and, or maybe it's a group of guys that go to Glamis all the time, like whatever it is, like it's, I think that's an okay kind of assumption to, to kind of bring into your dating world. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, we all look for perks. I mean, who doesn't everybody does in, in one way or the other. And yeah, I think, yeah, you just, uh, explained that beautifully. And I guess, you know, for some men, it's it's the dichotomy or should i say it's the it's the dare i say contradiction that you see within certain aspects so i'll go ahead i'll i'll give you an example um i remember um i remember a, a, a friend of mine like this is years back and she was dating uh, she was dating some, some some athlete. I think he was like on the practice squad or something like that. Uh, you know, basically like on the bottom of the roster, you know, barely hanging on to a roster spot. And she was always so enthused to date him. Okay. And I'm talking about, you know, guy may have been making maybe 400K, something like that. Obviously, <laughs> he's not he eating Raymond noodles or anything, but he's not, like you said, riding on the private jets and all things like that. And then... There's a guy who literally owned his own Fortune 500 company and had the private jet and had and owned one of his uh, an island in the Caribbean. But because he didn't have a glamorous occupation, he didn't have a glamorous job. She just simply wasn't uh, wasn't into it. And, And mind you, like I said, because he did, he wasn't six, three. He wasn't 220. He didn't have right. the the build. He didn't have the energy. He didn't have that type of stature that when he walks into a room, everybody's like, ooh, who's that? So right. that's where, like I said, you know, the whole occupational decision, the occupational preference, that's where, like I said, for a lot of guys, they feel like certain women only date within certain occupations. And it could be somebody that has another occupation that makes 10 times more and she won't even look at. Well, I think, so I call that the alpha asshole and the alpha awesome. Yeah. I remember you said that the first episode. Uh Uh-huh. And I think women are looking again for the wrong things. Like you don't, if your man is the guy that's always getting looks, he's going to be getting hit on too, by the way. So I would much rather have a quiet reserved go getter who doesn't have to be the center of attention, but a lot of people want to be the power couple. But it's all pop and circumstance, you know, when when it hits the fan, is it going to last? So I think, you know, if, if that's really what she wants, because she wants to have the looks as well. I mean, again, shallow deserves shallow and not that that guy's shallow, but if that's all she is, it's kind of sad. But 
I, I think typically too, like when guys are choose when men are choosing women and they're looking for perks. I mean, there are definitely men that I get as clients that want the boss babe. They want that CEO woman. And then there's a lot of guys who are like, I don't want that. So even in the in the male field, they're trying to feel out like I want the woman who's going to cook and clean for me and run yeah. my errands. And then there's guys that are like, I could give two blanks about that. I want a woman who's like got her own thing and super busy. So everyone has that kind of desire that's going to fit well with their lives. And as for these women who, I mean, I, I don't know, I would rather have the guy with a private island. <laughs> but look, <laughs> is, look is important. I actually think this. I always knew that for men, men are super visual. So I always tell women, keep up, you know, keep your skin nice, look nice, stay healthy. But now women are getting so particular with men too. Like that standard is even higher. I mean, you're sharp. Like you're always dressing on point. I'm looking at your sneakers. Like I love it. (laughs) And if these guys show up a little bit sloppy, these women are frustrated. Like they always say to me, well, he should know. Doesn't he know? Well, he should know. And these guys just don't know, but they should know. Like there's, there's so much help out there. So these men have to kind of elevate their game as well. I mean, you're in an industry where you're keeping it elevated, but the regular guy is like, Oh, I should wear cool socks and white sneakers. Yeah. You should get some white sneakers. Like, (laughs) isn't every guy know that a pocket square with your blazer blazer? What's that? It's like, Oh, you know, (laughs) women are getting particular now. They're getting very particular. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely understand. And you know, that's why I say different strokes for different folks. Everybody's a little different. And there's some men, like a matter of fact, like I can tell you about, about a, a certain individual. This guy doesn't live that far from me uh, in my neighborhood. And I can tell you, uh, Katie, you're now living in Texas. So you understand the, the overall, the, 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 the biggest industries in the state of Texas isn't necessarily tech like it is in California. It's more oil and gas uh, 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 specified in this state. And I can tell you about a man who lives maybe about a mile and a half, two miles from me, not far. And this guy owns over 200 gas stations alone in this city. Over 200. Is it Bucky's? Is it Bucky's? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> he owns over 200 gas stations alone in this city. Just That's in money. this city. Exactly. And I tell you, if he walked up to you, you might you would think right. he's homeless. And so, yeah, I, <laughs> and he's so, probably eating a Chipotle. Exactly. And, and <laughs> some people and some people, some men, some women, like you just said, you know, some women will come into a designer store, a department store and, and looking frumpy and spend five thousand. And mm-hmm. there's some men that are really, really wealthy and they're just not in the fashion. They're just not just in the not. clothes where as long as it fits them and as long as it's clean, they're going to put it on. Regardless of, is it in style? Regardless of, is it the latest, cool, hip, trendy? You know, all of that. So, you know, I think that uh, everybody's different. Not everybody feels that, okay, I need to be dressed in the latest the latest ensemble. You know, some people are just, uh, some people are very basic. And I think there's beauty in that because you're being true to yourself. Well, that does ring true, but I can tell you this. I dated a vice president from Facebook and he could not get rid of the sneakers. Like we'd go out, I'd be looking smoking hot, you know, and he always would wear sneakers. And I'm like, you don't have to dress like Zuck. Okay. You just don't have to dress like Zuck, but it was just his lifestyle and he couldn't, he could not change it. He's like, nope, I just wear sneakers. And honestly, it was such a turnoff to me. I was like, "Mm, I don't date that then. So guys, I do want to encourage you that if you want a beautiful woman, you have to step up your game a little bit. And if you don't want to, I mean, I've seen couples where it looks a little mishmash, like she's looking smoking hot and he's looking frumpy or, you know, just like didn't take care of himself. And well, he's got money. Eventually she's going to leave you and take half your money, by the way. I mean, I have a friend in San Francisco. She's doing it right now. She's beautiful, amazing in shape, phenomenal. He never does anything. He's overweight. He he makes a lot of money, but she's like, this isn't the life I want. I mean, even my man and I, I'm like, we're both working out. We're both looking good. We both dress up together. I love it. And that's your equal. People need to be with their equal. I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, the being with your equal, being with somebody that you're equally yoked with, y'all share the same values, the same mindset, the same ideology, just, you know, the same, the same desires that to me is where you really find that simpatico, that synergy, but somebody who's not into fashion, but you are somebody who's not into fitness, but you are and things like that. I think it'll never work 
So mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree more with you on that. I'll go. I'll lead you to another question that uh, that somebody asked. Why do women start freaking out at 10 months? I'm sorry. Yeah. Why do girls freak out at 10 months? Right. 10 months. What? Because they're coming up to a year. And if you as a man have not clearly, and I'm talking clearly, almost like pull out a calendar and write exactly what's happening in the next couple months. If you haven't defined what's going on and what is the relationship moving towards, these women start to pull away. They start to kind of get confused. Because in your mind, and this is how men work, they, they've got it. They figured it out. I have two clients mm-hmm. that were at the 10-month mark at the same time. And, you know, they both got in relationships when I was working with them. And then they kind of, you know, I do these one-offs with them. Like, Katie, let's have a session, right? And both of their women were a little frustrated with them and needed time out or space. Because these girls are in a space, these women are in a space where it's really a big decision. Like, am I moving on with him still? And what is his plan? What is his intention? And none of us as women ever want to have to say, so what's the plan? And I mean, sadly, I had to say it to my man. And we dated for many years, but I had kids. So I knew that I wasn't going to be serious until my kids were older and almost out of the house. So when that that season was coming, I remember we had finished this like great cruise on a Ritz-Carlton yacht. We're sitting there and I look at him like, so what's the plan? And he, I remember he said, well, I'm not sure yet. And I was like, ooh, no. You know, and that, and I guess if I calculate that, that might've been our 10 months in the season of like, we're ready, we're moving forward to something or we're not. Mm-hmm. And so these women have learned they're not wasting their time anymore. A lot of them are in their thirties and they're like, this is a go or it's not because I've seen my girlfriend date a guy for five years, Right who left her and got married with somebody else six months later. So if these women are getting smart, they will start to buckle down and they will ask these men to step their game up and have a plan. Like, are you in or are you not? One time I heard this, and I think it's a great idea for men. You say to your woman, after you've committed, you say, I'm going to date you for a year. And in one year, I'm going to decide. And I think men can easily decide this. I'm going to decide if I'm going to marry you or not. And if I'm not going to marry you, I'm going to let you go. That, that, now that is masculinity 101 right there. Do not lead a woman on who, who you are not going to marry. Thoughts? Mm. <laughs> I, yeah, I got uh, plenty of thoughts. Yeah, you definitely uh, don't want to lead a woman on. Uh, like, you know, man, I can tell you, uh, I've been in relationships before. And, matter of fact, just one where, uh, that was very, very lengthy, and I probably let it go too far or, or longer right. than I should have, knowing that probably deep down, marriage probably wasn't our best destination. Probably should have stayed better off as friends all along. And yeah, it definitely had an ugly ending. And because of that, we can't even be friends right now. Oh, and I'm a believer in always staying friends. So that's a bummer. But yeah, Yeah. don't drag it on, guys. And ladies, don't let them. Don't let a man drag it on. Call him out. And and, and you might need to give him an ultimatum. Like, hey, look, either put a ring on it, make me take in, or I got to go. I got to go find someone who wants to be in the same space that I want to be in. There is nothing wrong with that. And I think most men kind of waken up a little bit Mm -hmm. when that happens. So. Ah, man, they do. Okay. All right. Last few questions, Katie. And once again, this is not me. This is what somebody wrote in. What are your thoughts or what would be your advice on sex on the first date? Ooh, look, <laughs> that, that's not people, me. Hey, that's not me. That's I, what somebody wrote in. I, I know people who had sex on their first date got married. I know people who waited till their wedding day, got married and got divorced. I can't say if it's right or wrong, but I can say this. If you think it's going to lock somebody down, you're highly mistaken. So a lot of people will do it, um, I think for two reasons, chemistry, which I think chemistry is fake. I think it's baloney. You can have chemistry with anybody. You can have chemistry with someone too old, too young, not of any good interest for you. And that's just chemistry. And it, it it'll explode. It's, it's not your win. I always think of chemistry as kind of um, when you squeeze gasoline on a fire and it goes, mm-hmm. and then what? And then what? It goes nowhere, right? Um, so a spark though, and we had talked about this earlier, 
A spark is when you're on a first date and there's that little bit of excitement and, and women, especially you bring the spark. And I have a lot of beautiful women, but they're flat. They literally like, I will see them in photos and then I'll meet them in person. And I'm like, Oh, I wouldn't even want to go out with you. Like I'm thinking "Mm, (laughs) you're so, and I call them, I just call them flat. They're just, they're, I don't know, basic flat. They're just, there's no spark to them. I had a client go on three dates this weekend and I knew the first girl, she's full of spark. Um, but the other two were just kind of flat. They're very pretty quality women, but they're just, they didn't bring it. So you have to bring the spark to the date, but don't bring the chemistry because that'll fade. Um, so when it comes to having sex, if you think like, well, if I have sex with him, he'll go on a second date with me, girl, you crazy. And if he's having sex with you, it's just because he wants sex. So the only time you should have sex, <laughs> have sex. And by the way, have protected sex. Like yeah, STDs absolutely. are real. Don't get pregnant. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know, so be smart, be an adult, date like an adult. But here's the thing is be a, be a female and, and save it. Like it is a special gift. Make him earn it. So that is my advice. The other things were just reality, but here's my advice. Um, there is a great book and it's called The Power of the Pussy. And it just reminds women. Now I'm a Christian and I know that this is a God-given gift. Like sex is a God-given gift. Um, I have a lot of non-Christians that they're like, whatever, Katie. But when you read The Power of the Pussy, it talks about how this is a commodity. Like down there is a commodity. So mm-hmm. you need to make somebody work for it, put the effort in, which I always believe a man should put effort into a relationship. Um, but save it. It's special. There's energies that when you when you do have sex, you're releasing that energy. You're having connections and ties. I mean, if, if people are all about the universe, then they should understand this cosmic you know, connection as well. And it's not great to be sharing it with people who are of low vibrations or low energy and just didn't care about you. Couldn't agree more. Uh, That's something that uh, you definitely learn as you get older, you start to get, you get more wise and more mature and you realize that it's an exchange of energy. And sometimes not all energy you want to receive, not all energy you want to, you want to go ahead and welcome into your space, which leads me to my last question. What role of personal growth and self-improvement do you think plays in the ability to be able to, A, find a match and have a lasting relationship within your line of work, within your clients, the people that you come across? Everything. Everything. So I have my five C's of a good relationship. I think that's two different podcasts. And in communication, People who have a good depth of character, who've done some work, they're just good communicators. Communication is key. Communication, connection. Um, I'm going to pull out my list real fast. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. C's. I mean, this really matters. And I guess that would be somebody that has an EQ and IQ or a emotional quotient. Let me see the five C's. It's my podcast 30. Okay. So it's chemistry, connection, and compatibility. And then it's communication and compromise. And people who can't, and I think communication and compromise would be my two top ones. Like people talk about chemistry. Well, that's just being able to like stay in love, right? Um, But, and it's a C, so it made sense. But if you can't communicate and if you can't compromise, forget it. Just don't date a person who can't communicate or compromise because that is life. That is that practicality, the 80% of your, your, your real life relationship that is going to have to be working in a quality order. And I found that people who are in sales are really good communicators. Like they'll do the early morning text, like, Hey, I'm just checking yep. in. Can't wait to see you tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll give you extra details because yeah, they're they in will. sales. They're doing it. And so I always love somebody in sales because they're great communicators. But if you're not in sales, you're not, you've got to work on that technicality. Um, and then compromise Look, I wasn't planning on moving to Dallas, but he he has a great men's group here for church and he's growing and I, I love it. And so I'm like, you know what? I can go back to California another day. I'm happy to compromise. He's been, my man's been nothing but generous to me and helpful and kind and thoughtful. Like, why would I not compromise? Like, I'm not entitled to everything my way. So you have to be able to communicate and compromise. And that is a high EQ. Even my son the other day, he goes to Berkeley. He's in college. He was looking at job, job, um, job applications. And one of them said, you must have a high EQ. And I thought, how interesting is that? Now in job applications, they're looking for people with emotional 
intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like communication is emotional intelligence. Like, can you actually and appropriately quickly respond yes. to somebody? <laughs> I, yes, you can, because we all have a phone and we all have it in our hand almost all the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's always, or you could say, Hey, I'll get back to you in two hours. Like there's just never a reason unless you're in a full place where you can't get to your phone. But I, yes, EQ is everything. And I think women are starting to get annoyed by men who don't have an EQ, but I really wish that women would give us space. A lot of businessmen also though, because they're so into that business sales mentality, they kind of lack a little bit in emotions. Yeah. Because they really never learned it because they were always in business, always engroped in their job. Right. And you can't get emotional in business. Like my man, he is not emotional. And I'm always like, could I get a little energy here? Can So I call it the enthusiastic yes. Like when I bring something to the table, he's like, sure. I'm like, no, no, no. I need an enthusiastic yes. Like, okay. like yes. Like, I need to see some, some zhuzh, some excitement. Mm-hmm. See you know? some emotion. Like, something. But it's because all day long for 60 hours a week, he is just in this like sales zone. Like he he keeps his emotions down. So we women have to really give grace to the guy who's just not there yet. Like, it's not his wheelhouse. Give him a break. You know, and I'm grateful because if he got as emotional as me, it might go bad. <laughs> so so really starting to understand men and their jobs and their careers and how much space there is to have that. You know, if you really want a guy with a high EQ, go date, go date a yogi with a bun, a man bun. I mean, and then what? You know, you want these alpha males. Well, these alpha males got to do work all day long with some ruthless, hard-ass people, and they got to keep their cool. So when they're coming home from work, they're kind of tired and exhausted. So I really think it's important for women to kind of give a little grace for those guys. And that's where we come in and kind of help them with those enthusiastic yeses and little romantic ideas. I'm actually writing a book right now. You can help me out. Uh, It's 101 ways to a man's heart and 101 ways to your woman's heart. Because like people, people just run out of ideas or they're just, they don't have any at all. So I think everyone just needs like the reference guide. I mean, you could Google it, but (laughs) I read some of the stuff on Google. I'm like, that's lame. That's just, I don't even like that idea. (laughs) 